tells us that if you're not happy, you can just change your job and your relationship, start a hobby, have a baby, get a puppy or five. We are constantly facing change in the pursuit of happiness. And yet, deep down, we resist it so much because nobody teaches us how to navigate transitions. I am here to change that. Join me and my guests every week to find the inspiration and actionable steps to dive into your next great chapter. Let's write it together. Welcome, I'm Olga Nadal and you are listening to your next great chapter, the podcast to master life transitions with ease and courage. And today's show is sponsored by Divorce for Love. For those of you new to the show, I am the founder of Divorce for Love, where I educate, inspire, and coach those going through possibly one of the most challenging transitions you may face in your life. If you are thinking about divorce or have started the process and are feeling lost, go and watch the masterclass I made for you on the five secrets you must know about divorce. These five secrets can save you a ton of money and sleepless nights. The link is in the notes, so head over there right after today's show. Although the extreme lockdowns have eased up in some places, there are still many areas where people are limited to how much time they can spend outside of home and whether they can even go to work or not. I read a study recently that shared that some couples in international relationships are now going for more than six months without seeing each other. But on the other extreme, we have couples who went from only seeing each other for a couple of hours at the end of the day to now being stuck 24-7 under the same roof and very often without many other social interactions. In the case of families with kids, well, I don't need to describe to you what's going on. <laughs> if it was not stressful enough having kids added to the mix, and now with the schooling going mostly online, some relations are on the brink of breaking up. So today I will be covering how this pandemic may be the last straw and help you figure out if your relationship will make it or not. As many of you know, I work as a divorce coach for Divorce for Love, and very often I find people coming to me and saying, I don't know if I can take this, I don't know if I can move on to the other side, being divorced. And we have different techniques to figure out whether your relationship has ended or not. But especially now I'm seeing many people coming to me and saying, look, my relationship was based on we were only seeing each other for a few hours at the end of the day. We both had very busy careers. We had the children. And by the time we go to bed, it's almost like we were roommates, but that was working. Now we are together 24-7. We are not in a good place because one or the two of you have lost your income, lost your job, maybe been placed in furlough. And the kids are with you at all times. They don't even get to exercise either. There is just too much friction. And now I don't know what to do. But you feel like, is this a momentary pause? And then we're going to go back to that scenario that seemed ideal, the one where you only see each other for a few hours. And I have to ask them, how is it when you go traveling? Because to me, traveling is one of those moments where the truth of it all comes out. And it's when you are outside of your comfort zone, you are in a different environment, you cannot rely on all the little habits and tricks that you have to get you through the day. Very often you have to be making endless decisions as to where do you go for breakfast, lunch, dinner, what activity are you doing today, do we want to relax, do we want to exercise, and all of this is happening most likely with your children coming everywhere with you. So... I do ask them, 
if that's something that doesn't work for you, then what is happening on the every day that you only see each other for a few hours a day is that you're just covering the truth. And the truth is that, yeah, that relationship is not fulfilling you. And I don't like saying a relationship works or doesn't work. It's the same as using negative and positive dualistic concepts. I don't believe in that. I believe that things either work for you or they don't. And in my case, for me, relationships to work, they have to fulfill me. They have to be an overriding force in my life, something that I look forward to. So if seeing my partner for a couple of hours a day is simply escape route, is a sort of defense mechanism, okay, this is the only way that we can get through life together. I think that you need to ask some questions and go deeper. I work together with people on deciding whether the relationship has ended or not. There is an incredible amount of inner work that you need to do. You really need to figure out whether you are cut out for that relationship or not. Because I often say, it's not the relationship that ends, it's you that makes the relationship end. Therefore, you need to be prepared for it. You need to know whether you have, excuse my French, the balls to go through with this because ending a relationship, ending a marriage means that your entire life as you know it is going to be turned. And I said it could be temporarily turned upside down and then you bring it back up again or it can permanently be damaged. So it's very important that you know whether you have what it takes. Having said all this, I do believe that relationships go through ebbs and flows. And the pandemic, it's one of those very, very deep valleys that we are having to walk through. And it doesn't necessarily mean that if you are struggling with this situation, this is it. It's the end of it. It could be a bump, and this is a huge bump that we're all facing. And 2020 is no joke, the hardest year that most of us have faced. And it's still, (laughs) there's still a few more months to go. I personally believe that it's going to get worse before it gets better. That's why you need to be making these decisions. Do you want to stay in something that is not working and you see no future of working? Do you want to get through the bump because you do believe that there is hope at the other end? Or do you want to start thinking about the possibilities? That's another option that I always say, keep it open. Just learn, educate yourself. Imagine what life will be without that relationship. I think it's very important that we place a lot of emphasis on our happiness. And I don't quite understand why it is that when we get married, we vow to love the other person and protect them and cherish them and blah, 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 blah. But we don't say anything about ourselves. We don't say like, I'm going to put that much emphasis into loving myself and making sure that I am fulfilled. I am satisfied. I am happy every day of my life. So very often we replace these important essential aspects of ourselves that will make us happy, fulfilled and satisfied just because we want to stay in a relationship at all costs. So let's balance the scale and they say it's just as great if you want to stay in your relationship as if you want to end the relationship. More and more we are shifting away from the paradigm that said, that living a relationship or living a marriage was a stigma. 
those days are over. Now the real stigma is staying somewhere where you could go. And again, the question is, can you go? And I don't mean financially, I mean emotionally. Are you prepared for it? And if not, are you willing to learn how to be prepared for it? I have worked with many women in particular that felt they didn't have what it takes. They didn't have the courage. They didn't have the confidence. They didn't have the financial stability. Yet they learned. They got to work and they became powerhouses. They became magnets of manifestation. They attracted into their life everything that they wanted. But it was because they made that decision. They went back to their vows and they said, yes, I loved you, but I also love myself. So when you find yourself in this I'm not going to mince my words, shit show of a pandemic where our entire worlds have been turned upside down and this was not our choice. That's what's happening. This may be your opportunity to say, okay, do I have what it takes? And if I don't, am I willing to learn how to have what it takes? From my personal experience, I am living... A peculiar moment in our relationship because my beloved lives in another state and I happen to live on an island in Hawaii. So he lives in LA. I am in Hawaii with my children. My businesses are here as well. And it was fantastic (laughs) before it all broke loose. It was very fun to meet once a month. I will go to see him and we usually go traveling in the States, in in the mainland. And then he will come to Hawaii and we'll spend a week just frolicking around the island. So it truly was a dream come true. And I felt that it couldn't get any better than this because honestly, as much as I love him and as much as I love partnerships and relationships... I also have a full schedule and I have my children and I have my businesses and my passions and living apart actually gives us a lot of freedom. So although at the beginning I was hesitant to do the long distance relationship, I quickly shifted into the positives of it. That's something that I also learned how to do, how to reframe and find the opportunities even within the obstacles. So I grew excited and we made it work for about a year that was our relationship and it worked beautifully now comes coronavirus comes the lockdowns and on my island there's an imposed quarantine of two weeks when you come back from the mainland or anywhere else so that's put a real twist in our relationship because if he comes here We can't see each other. He has to be quarantined. And if I go there, when I come back, I have to be on quarantine for two weeks, which is really hard with my custody arrangement. That means that we're not seeing each other as much as we like. And that has thrown us out of balance. So we have had moments that have been very difficult in the last few months. And we have understood that this is a bump because we are facing a lot of forces that are not against us. They're just against the world being on its normal trajectory and we have to adapt. So we have to rely more on the cyber communications and more FaceTime calls and try and maximize the time that we do get to spend together. So for us, it's easy. It's been an easy 
I mean, it's easy to understand that it's a bump. It's not easy to be in it. I don't like it. I really have moments of major anger, major frustration and major what the F with what's going on with the world just because I want my good old selfish lifestyle of before. I really enjoyed what I had. But we are adapting to this new relationship. But what I'm saying is that it's easy for us to understand that it is a bump because our relationship has a very, very strong foundation and it started on what for other people could have been considered a very weak foundation of a long-distance relationship, which made us work even harder on making sure that we had the communication systems to ensure that we're always on the same page. It made us more present when we are together. And just in the essence, it connected us way harder, way stronger than if we had the, okay, I'll see you every day for a few hours a day. So now my question is for you. What are the issues that you're finding with the lockdown? And let's also remember, it's not all issues. Some people have grown closer. Some people have found that having this outside enemy of the virus has made them feel more together, more safe, having a person next to them. The uncertainty of the economy and what's going to happen in the future has made people more reluctant to be on their own. So they have put an even bigger emphasis on the relationship. So there are flavors, all different sorts of flavors as to what's going on. But you have to take a long, hard, deep look at your relationship and see what are the emotions, what are the issues, what are the problems that are coming up. And whatever they are, Are you working on solving them? Because I do believe that there is a pre-phase before you decide to end a relationship, which is the let's try and save it. And if you skip that step, there may be a lot of looking back, second guessing, maybe regretting what you did because you didn't do what needed to be done in order to fix it. So if you are seeing issues, are you taking the steps to fix them? And that could come in different forms. It could come by learning conscious communication, teaching it to your partner. I do believe that 90% of the issues that we have in relationships is because we do not know how to communicate. We simply don't know how to listen and how to speak. End of the story. But even if you have tried that and there's still issues, I suggest couples counseling. And I also suggest personal counseling, therapy, or coaching. I do believe that sometimes we are trying to put on the other person or on the relationship issues that are actually rooted in our own self-esteem, our own issues. And we will be working backwards if we are trying to fix it within the relationship container. We need to take a step back, look at ourselves, take responsibility for what belongs to us, clear up those beliefs, mindsets, whatever it is that is being brought to your relationship and putting a strain on it. And then if that hasn't worked, then it's time to work on the relationship. So all of those are my steps as to how you can handle the emotions coming up during lockdown. And again, don't be afraid to look at your relationship, to look at yourself in the mirror and see where this is going. I have been in a huge transition when I decided to divorce and I now coach people how to do this transition. And one thing that remains with everybody is that transitions are challenging. 
the uncertainty of the future is very discomforting, but staying in something that is making you unhappy and it's what you may have heard me call before your unhappy place, which is the place that you don't want to be, is the person you don't want to be with, but you stay there because you're scared. That is way more painful than any transition, any divorce, or any challenge that life throws at us. So I also wanted to leave you with my different take on relationships and on what I think is the foundation for many problems down the line. And it's something that I hear a lot when we ask about what is the secret for a relationship to function, for a marriage to work. And I hear it over and over, is unconditional love. And I think that's a beautiful, lofty concept. And my goodness, whoever has been able to apply it, please come to me and explain how it works. Because unconditional love is such an oxymoron to me. I wish, I really wish that it could be real. But we are human creatures and we have needs and desires that we attach to love. And even when it comes to our children, which in my opinion is the purest form of love that we have, it's rarely unconditional. We put all those conditions behind our love. And no, we're not doing it consciously. We do it in the subconscious level. But We want our children to behave. We want our children to make us proud of them. We want our children to excel. And if they don't, it's not like we tell them we don't love you, but we act in ways that make them wonder if we love them. If we cannot do this with our children, these little beautiful creatures that we voluntarily brought into the world and we took on the job of loving and protecting, how do we expect to do that with another human? that is full of flaws and is full of misunderstanding and full of just humanness. And so are we. And yet we claim that we can unconditionally love them. And then when it doesn't happen, that's when we think that our relationship is destined to end or destined to fail. My approach involves a new concept that I call the all-forgivable love. And that's what I'm practicing with my boyfriend. And the all-forgivable love means that we are vowing to, obviously, try not to purposely hurt the other person. That's a start. (laughs) But then if we do go into places where we hurt the other person, that we adopt an approach of everything is forgivable. I know that you didn't mean to hurt me. I know that there was a subconscious programming coming. There was an ego overlap of our love. And I get it. And I understand it. And I forgive you. So despite we have promised to always apologize and ask for forgiveness if we have hurt the other person, because I think it's a useful step in recognizing our responsibility and our need and desire for reconciliation I also say that it's given the forgiveness it's given because that's the kind of love that we have and I apply the same to relationship with my children everything is forgivable and I hope that as they mature as they get into their teen years (laughs) and it becomes harder to forgive them for the pain that they're gonna put me through (laughs) 
which I don't anticipate is going to happen. I hope they're listening to this podcast. Then I will keep on forgiving them. And that's my commitment to them. It's an all forgivable love. Again, it's quite a tall order. I don't know if I'm going to be able to stick to it every single time, but it's my promise that I made. And the other new approach that I want you to maybe apply to your relationship if it resonates with you is the concept of gratitude. And my personal take on it is I have tried. I really have tried all those gratitude journals and lists and waking up and at least naming three to five things that I'm grateful for. And yes, it does bring you into a frequency of appreciation and a frequency of full-on gratitude. And you are happy because you have those things. But I have recently discovered a new way of gratitude that it just blew my mind. It actually blew my soul. That's what it happened. And I have been trying to replicate that kind of gratitude, which is the thanks for nothing gratitude. And let me explain. It means being thankful without having to attach anything after it. Not saying I'm thankful because I have a house or I have a dog or I have children, I have health. No, 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 no. I'm just thankful. And I'm thankful because this is a flipping miraculous life that we're living. End of the story. I'm just thankful that I'm here. That's it. I don't have to put anything after it. And in Hawaii, we have a sentence called Mahalo Keakua, which is thank you, creator. And I started using it after I was in Bali. I go to Bali every year. Unfortunately, I don't see it happening this year, but it will just be postponed. But I go every year because that place just nourishes my everything, my mind, my soul, my spirit. And I learn so much when I'm there. One time, my driver was this adorable Balinese guy that speaks perfect Spanish, better than me. And he's always joking and he's adorable. He was telling us, we went to a temple. He took me and my friend to a temple and people were praying. And I asked him, what is it that you people pray for? Because you're always, in the mornings, they do the offerings. They have so many ceremonies. They always seem to be praying. There is always somebody with an incense stick, some some flowers and some water blessing a deity or some god or goddess. And I asked him, I'm curious, like, seriously, what is all your praying about? How many things do you have to ask for? And he said, that's how we pray. <laughs> we, the Western people, <laughs> the white man and woman, we pray by asking. We just say, hey, God or creator, or universe, or whatever you want to call it, Amazon Prime, I've got this long list of requests, and I would like you to take a look at them and make them happen. That's how we pray. We just say, please, please, please give me this. I need it. And I promise I'll be a very good human. (laughs) And he said, that's not what we do. We give thanks. Our praying is saying thank you. And I said, oh my God, what do you give thanks for? I mean, again, they live in conditions that they're incredibly happy. Don't get me wrong. By our standards, by my standards, they are not the same that we have here. People with what they have would not be grateful in America. And he said, we give thanks. We're here. What else is to give thanks for? This is it. Just be thankful. Be grateful. Thank your creator. And... As he was saying that, I remember that, mahalo keakua, thank you, creator. That's it. That's all. And if I'm being truly honest with you, 
I have to be in a very peculiar sort of trance state to get to that place where I can just be thankful for nothing. And it only has happened to me spontaneously without me having to think about giving thanks for nothing after I've been in an ecstatic situation. And that could be, it could be mind-blowing sex. It could be ceremony. It could be working with plant medicines. It could be a day of surfing that you just get into that zone. Those are the moments when I literally just say, thank you, God. Thank you, Creator. Mahalo ke akua. And that to me is the ultimate gift of gratitude. Because one thing that I realized when coronavirus hit and a lot of the things that I was grateful for that I had on my journal, they weren't happening anymore. They weren't there. And that made me feel a huge void, a lack. It made me feel like, well, now I'm not grateful because I don't have all these things. And it took me going back into ceremony and going back to my roots and my spirit and hearing that perfect, you're breathing, man. You're just breathing. You have another day. That's it. That's the thank you. And now I apply that as well to all my relationships. I'm just thankful. Every relationship that's in my life. And I am going to include here the good, the bad, and the ugly. Because they are all lessons. And they are all learning experiences. I am thankful for them. And the ones that come from my loved ones, I am even more grateful. And again, I'm not grateful because they give me anything. I'm just grateful because they exist because they are there. I'm just grateful. So see if you can apply those two new concepts of all forgivable love and gratitude to your relationship, especially if you feel that you're going through a bump. And if you made up your mind, if you made a decision, nope, this is it. We are done. I'm ready to close that chapter and you're ready to write your next chapter. Get in touch with me. I will be more than happy to help you. That's all for this week i hope that this was helpful and i'll see you next week thank you for listening remember to subscribe and review my podcast because i love hearing from you you can also follow me on instagram at divorce for love and join our facebook group in the show notes